Welcome back to Back Points, the podcast where top wrestlers reveal their secrets. I'm here today with my friend and co-host, Buddy Lee, Olympian and jump rope entrepreneur, and we're talking to Tim Foley, who has an awesome wrestling journey that took him from the state finals in Virginia to becoming the second winningest wrestler in UVA history, as well as a D1 All-American. And he tells us about the highs and lows of his wrestling experience. Before we start, I want to give a plug for our sponsor, Buddy Lee Jump Ropes. These are awesome ropes, and you can save 20% on any order by using the discount code BACKPOINTS20 when you make a purchase. So support the show and buy a jump rope with this promo code, BACKPOINTS20. Also, please rate and review the podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and share this show with a wrestler. Now, let's get rolling with today's episode with Tim Foley. He taught me to get up when I didn't want to get up, when I wanted to quit. I had high goals, man. I've always had high goals. And so when I won it, I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys are right. So it's not the thrill of winning. It's the joy of having that personal goal and being able to achieve that and walk off the mat with your head held high and with your hand up. That just fueled my fire. And I was in every state championship match from there on until I graduated. That was when I really started doing the kind of wrestling that I was capable of. Anybody that steps in the ring and just decides to commit the entire time is a state champion in my in my book. Welcome back to Back Points, the podcast where top wrestlers reveal their secrets. Here today with Tim Foley, who was an All-American for UVA and graduated as the second winningest wrestler in UVA history who was a two-time ACC champ. And before that, he was second in the state for Brook Point High School in Virginia. Uh, here today with my friend and co-host, Buddy Lee, Olympic champion and jump rope entrepreneur. If you don't have a jump rope, then I don't know what's wrong with you, but go out and get one. Get one of his jump ropes, best in the world. So, Tim Foley, thank you for being here. Yes, yeah, nice, nice to be on. Welcome, brother. Welcome, welcome. Thank welcome you. to the brotherhood. <laughs> nice to join such a great company. Hey, uh, yeah, that's fu it's funny about Brook Point. It's been a while. You know, since I since I left high school, um, that area, Stafford County, Virginia, had a great program in Colonial Forge. And then I think my high school. There's like nine high school divisions now in Virginia, but the one that uh, my Brook Point is they they've won the state championship like four or five times. But when I was there, we had just you know. We were just like a, a podunk little town, so it's been it's been fun to see them uh, to see them do well since. Did they? What a, did a new? Sorry, go on. Buddy. Yeah, was that triple A, double A? What what? At the uh, time, it was triple A. Mm -hmm. It was triple A. a school, wow, thirteen hundred awesome. students or something like that. And then, um, which I think was the yeah right because it was double, single, double, triple. So it was it was the top division. And then, um, I think they're still like whatever. I have no idea. They're they're a big school though, so I I don't know. If they're the very very biggest or if they're just below that but yeah yeah, yeah. well now because there's so many it is it's difficult to say you would have been able to say they would definitely be in the biggest division years ago but now that there's a there's six divisions in the public school system and you know the difference between 4a 5a 6a it's you know could be 50 students you know so it's hard to say it could be you know great bridge for instance they are 4a i think um and they're uh -huh. pretty big school Huh. Anyway. What's the highest? Six A? Six, six A is the biggest, yeah. Really? That's crazy, man. They've really kind of yeah. destroyed things. <laughs> it's a little too big. I mean, they, they should, they really should. Now, I have heard 
I have heard that they're going to go back to uh, to the old 3A system. So yeah. it makes a lot more sense because it's actually hard to even put on district tournaments because it's spread so thin. Yeah. So it, it, it maybe it makes sense for other sports, but for wrestling, I think there's a fair amount of consensus that uh, that it's it's too many too many divisions. Yeah, I think for football and basketball, it was a good money maker, you know, yeah. to have more games. But but like you said, for the smaller for the sports where that's not necessarily the top concern, it's probably more competitive to have a number, yeah. a fewer number of schools. Yeah, well, they better start dressing this sport because I tell you what, man has always you know, had a lot of aggression and anger and they have, they need something to channel this aggression and anger. They, they got to have some type of sport to channel that aggression in. And um, wrestling is a great sport for that. Yeah. I don't know where I would be if I didn't have wrestling. <laughs> it would be yeah. some type of gang member or something, you know. It it really channels a lot, you know, uh, our, our energies in a pretty amazing way. So, and that's a good segue here into Tim, your wrestling journey. So how did, how did you start out in wrestling? How old were you and when did you start? I didn't join a team until I was 14. My, we were in the middle, my father's a Marine. So we were Hoorah. Hoorah. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Um, and, uh, so we had moved around. There was no youth wrestling in Stafford when I was younger. Uh, and then, we went from there to uh, camp. He, he was stationed at Camp Pendleton in, when I was in middle school, and there was no programs for middle school. There was like a program down the street, um, but I wasn't old enough or something. So I'd ride my bike, and I I would do like the conditioning in the back when they did the conditioning. But I did that like a couple times. It wasn't until I, I moved to Virginia. I didn't start wrestling until November of I don't know, like '94. So I was like, yeah, I was older. I was like 14, and then wow. in high school, whatever, I was terrible. I didn't, I think I won one match as a freshman. I was like 500 if you included buys as a sophomore. That sounds like a real champion to me. <laughs> the champion <laughs> does not quit, man. He falls, but he never gives up. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me, let me ask you something, Tim. Um, I mean, when you think about the fact that, yeah, I understand about military families moving around and stuff, it's very hard for kids to be committed to anything. Uh, you know, being in the military and, and, um, you know, did you ever think that you would wrestling would be the sport for you? I mean, what sport did you think that that you were going to be, you know, great at, or that you, you know? So I went to high school. I was thinking I could. Hey, I was five foot three or something like that, or four. When I was a first oh, sounds like a basketball player to me. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought I was going to be for quite a long time. Uh, no, I mean, I I didn't really know. I mean, we didn't. You know, I think the access to information and what you can and cannot be is significantly increased you know since 2005 or 2006 with youtube and yeah. and now with our the smartphones kids can dream to be all these different things but at the time just wasn't something that was really considered it wasn't like we we're thinking about being a professional athlete or something like that um you know we just enjoyed the sports that we played for for some benefit i'm sure and for some there's probably some issues with that as well but i don't know i never really thought about it not until i made the goal to you know be a state champion my senior year, which Matt Gallagher ruined. Um, but I, I made that when I made that decision, and then I saw, oh well, there's a couple colleges that would be interested in having like, I good good grades, good SATs, and so they're like, oh yeah, it'd be great. Why don't you come, you know, come on to. That's when I started thinking like, oh, all right, maybe there's something more to this. You know, maybe this is something I can do. I had a brother who played Division three football, so I'd seen like you know what college athletics um, in general could look like. Um, 
but yeah, that was the first time. I, I mean, I guess I really did think I was going to be a basketball player until I was like, yeah, that's all we see, man. I was looking up and I was like, eh, maybe not going to happen. Yeah, this is all we see. I mean, I made that transition from junior high to high school and I was on a basketball team in the eighth grade. We were 12 and 0, won the uh, sections or whatever it was, and then went to high school, got injured with a layup. And, um, and I was always, you know, kicking guys' butts. And, uh, and then I went up for a layup in the basketball practice, got injured hated the coach. And then one of the star wrestlers invited me to try out for the team as a ninth grader. And, um, and I never looked back after that. And so just, uh, you know, you know, you may have had the, the introduction to the sport where you, you know, you got beat up on, or you got, um, you know, schooled. <laughs> and um, so what happened after that first year, you know, what went through your mind in terms of how did you recommit what made you decide to say, hey, I'm going to put everything into this to be the best I can be? I had a, uh, my friend at the time, um, well, my friend at the time, he's still my, my best friend, but um, was a guy named Jeff Braden, and he was on the team, and he had a little bit more success. I think he kind of, like, made it to regionals or something. And uh, and I just super competitive. So I was like, I'm not going to let my friend be better than me at this. And also just an incredible amount of self-delusion. Like just an incredible amount of self delusion. I think my freshman year, I the the thing that I walked away with was I the one match I did win was against the kid who beat me earlier in the year. So then I was like, well, I obviously got better. So That's obviously right. I can be state yeah. champion. Like that was the kind of connection that I made. Was like, well, eh, who cares? You know, I had more takedowns than gotten taken down this year. I got better by the end of the year, and then nice. I was. Let's go to camp and see what happens. And I had a little bit of success at camp and I would take somebody down in practice who had, you know, been more successful and been like, well, if I can take him down, obviously I can do the next thing. So it was just a mat, just an incredibly large, probably for lack of a better term, ego at a, at a young age being like, I might be terrible, but if I can do this, then I'm certain there's a pathway forward. Um, and that just, that was, I think what, what basically drove me that and just, my parents weren't going to let me come home, it, you know, from school at during, the, you know, after after school. So it was mm -hmm. like, you know, you're going to wrestle. So it, you might as well be good at it. No complain. So. Especially having a dad as a U.S. Marine. Yes. Yeah. You are. And I have four um, brothers. So it's there's not yeah. like there wasn't a lot of time to concentrate on on my, you know, on my my physical failings or my emotional needs all the time. So it's kind of just like get in line, you know, let's. Just yeah, go get, tough thing. it out. Tough yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, More. you know, I, I just want to make a comment on, on something. I think, um, um, Will, I think he brings up a great point. You know, how do you measure success? And at a very young yeah. age, this guy was able to say, hey, you know, uh, you know, I got more takedowns this time. And they didn't take me down as many times as last time. Um, I did really good against this guy. And I mean, just imagine if more people started thinking like that. That's right. How they could really, you know, you know, learn the process of how to prepare and get a little better each day. That's and right. And at a very young age, you already knew this. You know, it wasn't like you were delusional. I think you were realistic. You, it you actually is success in a different way. And I just think I like to applaud you for that. <laughs> I, I would too. I would too. It, it reminds me of the, the episode we did with uh, Wade Chalice. You know, mm -hmm. he took over a program at one point where 
nobody had ever wrestled. It was completely, you know, inexperienced. And so he, he said to me that he, uh, he would say to his kids, Oh, you've won. If you don't get pinned in, you know, if you go twice as long without getting pinned mm-hmm. and then he'd be, and then he would really, you know, celebrate that. And he'd be, you know, somebody would go out there, they'd get pinned and he'd be celebrating. He'd be like, yeah, of course you just won. You know, you, you got twice, you lasted twice as long. He would then measure the amount of time that the whole team w- would go without getting pinned. And uh, you know, and, and so he would, he would measure these, he would find success and, and he would then show it to them. He'd record it. And, right. and he put it back on them and it worked, you know, it made these guys into good wrestlers, you know, over time. And it really made me feel like, you know, that that's something that a coach can do. So was that, did that come from you, Tim, where you were keeping track of how many takedowns you got versus how many times you were taken down or did your coach lead you on that? Definitely not my coach. I think it's probably me just personally figuring that out. My parents yeah. are all, both really sort of positive people. Like they're not, they don't really, they don't really give a lot of advice. They just are like, oh, that's great. You should yeah. continue, just do your best and don't worry about it. Like, hey, look. And they, they were always kind of the silver lining people. So yeah. I think that for me, that was always like, you know, my mom saying something like, oh, that was the kid that you lost to earlier in the year. It's like, it was the kid that I lost to wow. earlier. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, that's important. That's in the important. But I what, think what's interesting here is, <laughs> You look today, and I see it sometimes. I started doing running because I, I do a lot of jujitsu, but because of COVID, I've been doing a lot of running. And mm-hmm. I'm not a runner. Like, it's not, that's not probably mm-hmm. what I would have been suited for in ancient combat. I don't think I would have been delivering the mail, but <laughs> the, the, but I, I enjoy it. Like, I really, really enjoy it. There's certain things that are really hard to do, but then I'll go on and I'll see like my friend, or like, I know. I don't think of as being as in shape, you know, like and I, this guy definitely can't do jujitsu or he can't wrestle. And he's like, just blowing by me. And I think like seeing those numbers, it stresses me out. Cause I'm like, Oh man, like I'm only running like a eight minute mile or whatever it is for this many miles. And this guy's crushing me. And I always have to remind myself. It's, oh, I almost do remind myself of wrestling. Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter like what he's doing. Cause he's maybe been doing this 20 years. You may be doing this 30 years. You know what I mean? But I do think that nowadays kids have a little bit more pressure on them because they do see so many, they have so many more influences and people at different stages of success. And it seems like that's where they should be, but that's sometimes that's the end for that person or that's close to the end of their journey or to their goal. And I think it's a little bit more stressful. I think one of the things I did benefit from was not having, you know, social media or those external Uh pressures. I could just live within my own. You can live within your own head, your own system, your own set of friends and people that care about you. So I do worry sometimes about kids like when they're starting out, especially in a sport as tough as wrestling, not having that early success, it can be difficult to persevere. On the same token, the kids who do persevere past that are probably even more mentally tough than than the guys before who were able to you know, do it in a bubble. Yeah, I I look at things as a process. I mean, some people gain that mental toughness at an early age and some people, they develop it later on. And that's the that's the process of learning. That's why we 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 come into schools as students and um, and you go into the sport of wrestling as a boy and hopefully you transform into a young man because you learn all those life skills. You know what is real commitment? What is uh, what is focus? What is uh, perseverance, um, what it means to really prepare. 
Um, take us to the self, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Take us through that journey. And I know you had to improve from the freshman year. Yeah, sophomore year, I mm -hmm. made it to the regionals. And then I was like, that's pretty cool. But I had a goal of making it. I think I had a goal of making it to States maybe as a sophomore. But then I, I anyway, I placed fifth at regions, I think, which is like you had to like, you know, wrestle a number of matches. I was like three and three at regionals. And I remember being like, okay, all right. All right. Wasn't Improvement. great. Improvement. Wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't one match. I was 500, if you included some yep. buys. Yeah. And so I was even sort of patting my own record in my own head, being like, well, that guy didn't wrestle. So technically, is that a win? Um, but I had started again and I had found more success. And then my junior year, I think the big moment for me my junior year was I was wrestling this kid. Um, I made the states. I had won districts. I had won regionals. I think I won regionals. I can't remember. But then I got to States and the my first match I won. It was a pretty cool match. I had a great time. Second match was against a kid named what was his name? Um, <laughs> back down to memory lane. <laughs> Steve Sakis. He was the Steve Sakis, and he was the number one guy in the country, or definitely in the state, but like one of the top guys in the country. He was a total monster. It was definitely gonna rip my head off. And he ended up dropping somebody on his head on Whoa. the other mat. And getting disqualified so there was only first round quarterfinal semifinal finals so i had won my first round or whatever that you want to call that and then in the quarterfinals i got a forfeit wow. so i went from i won one match and all of a sudden i was going to be top six at state and i remember thinking like i really cannot lose out here because if i lose out then it was nothing it's not i didn't earn that you know what i mean yeah. And so I wrestled this kid, Mike Agent, in the semifinals, and he had pinned me in 30 seconds or 15 or 20 seconds or something earlier in the year. And it was a two to one match. And I don't know. I remember thinking that I had the takedown at the end, whatever. I didn't, but it was like neck and neck. I could have, could have been me going to state finals. And then I dropped down and I was, you know, oh man, I'm not going to, you know, who knows if I lose this next match, then. For fifth and sixth, I lost my next match to that kid Sakis, and then, but I didn't get majored. And then the next match was for fifth and sixth, and I won that match. And I remember thinking, okay, well then I earned my place because I'm at least better than the number six person. For me, that was the biggest moment of my probably my wrestling career because it was the first moment I was like, I placed at states, which is preposterous because I don't know how to wrestle, and I did it, you know, like in a it was circuitous, and I was gifted some things, but. I was able to to make it back at the end. So I think for me, that was the biggest thing. I'd also like to remind you that this all happened again when I went to college. So like when I went to my freshman year of college, I won like two matches. <laughs> it, was, it all, it all. Sounds like a repeat. Yeah, yeah, I've been here before. That. I know what to yeah. do here. I'm just going to stay patient. <laughs> it's going to get better. I mean, I've been here before, yeah. This is this is this is a road that I've I've, I've run before. So yeah, anyway. yeah, I, I I love the mindset, man, because you know you kind of remind me of, of one of those kind of California surf boys. You know, they they relax and, and you know just you know let it just let it pass. Just you know everything's going to work out very easy going and stuff like that. And but I'm pretty sure you're pretty much really focused on academics, and um and and you probably didn't have so much confidence in your athletic ability in the beginning, but then you started gaining more confidence as you start winning. 
And so, you know, just tell, tell us as far as the mindset when you start winning on the mat and how did that help you off the mat in, in academics? Did it do something mentally for you or, you know, confidence wise? Yeah. I, I think I've consistently still, I, 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 I think how it says in high school, I surrounded myself with really good people and the like really, really good people, including my girlfriend at the time, like just really good people. They didn't party. They just studied they did all yeah. this. that really helped me. Um, but yeah. I, I wasn't until like college. I didn't do well for a while in college in academics. And then at the end, you know, it's one of those moments where a coach said something and it was, it was a coach. I think it was Jim Harshaw. Might've been Jim Harshaw or it was Jim Stanek. But one of them said, as you do one thing, you do all things. And I know that we've, we've all heard that before, but at the time it was like a blinding flash of the obvious to me. And I was like, if I'm not going to concentrate in school, if I'm not going to do better in school, then I'm not going to do well in wrestling or as well as I can be. It has to be like a lifestyle, you know? And again, this is like pre-guru. We don't have a lot of like internet at this time. It's like 2002. Mm -hmm. And I remember that connection being made for me. It was a connection I naturally had in, in high school that I didn't consider. But then in college, I got away from it until the very end. So anyway, the point is it did help me stay focused in, in high school, you know, obviously also your, you know, your diet and your exercise and you're just too tired, just too yeah, tired. Man. You got to be focused. You got to be focused. It's, it's nice to have people with the same mindset. Well, what do you say about that? What's what you got a question? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, and I'm curious though, we, we've talked a little bit about coaching and, um, you went to camps, like what was, so did you have strong coaching in high school or wh where, who were, who did you really learn from as you were, as you were wrestling early on? I didn't do any freestyle Greco. So I just did November to February or March, February wrestling. That was it for the first three years. Did a, did a one week summer camp at the university of Virginia each summer. And then I remember bef before my junior year, I did a second one week camp with Jody Strip Matter. Was it Jody Strip Matter? No, no, no. It was um who's the other Jody? Jody Saylor. He mm -hmm. was an old school like Granby style yeah. from Great Bridge. I did a Jody Saylor Camp of Champs kind of thing. And it like was super helpful. It actually really worked out. And then the mm -hmm. next year I doubled up and I went to a Navy camp with Charlie Branch was coaching. And I really like Charlie. Um so I did a Navy camp with him and then a UBA camp, but that is like the extent of my wrestling. I didn't do, I didn't have a club team. Okay. Um, anything like that. We did extra workouts. It was that same, same kid, Jeff, and we would just go in, we'd go run three miles of the gym and then go in and wrestle at the high school in the morning before class and then go to class and then go to wrestling practice. But we didn't do any, there was no club, there was no, no preseason or postseason, you know? Yeah. 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 So um, I actually thought that you had done more club stuff because I was, uh, and I might be wrong about this, but did you know um, my old teammate, Pete Zafros? We lived together. Oh, you did. So that was later though. That was, was in, in college. Did you, when did you, when did you guys meet? He had gone to the university of Chicago and he transferred into Virginia. I see my senior year, his junior year, something like that. And then, when he moved in, a guy had left the team, so I was at that a, a roommate. It was perfect timing because he came in, 
um, yeah, at the same I time. Mm -hmm. I see. He's a, such a nice guy. It's like the nicest person I know. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's still, he's coaching. He, he does, he's been youth coaching for in Northern Virginia for, I don't even know how long. Probably. Oh, really? I, I he's really good at that. Uh, yeah, I think he is. I think yeah. he is. Yeah. He's been, I think he's been something like 15 years or so. He's been, yeah. he's been coaching. Maybe, maybe I've added a few years to him, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it's a long time. Um, so, okay. So take us through your senior year in high school. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh no! <laughs> Besides getting pinned by Matt Gallagher in 37 seconds, which I'll get back to in a second, is so yeah, whatever. I the regular season kind of goes as planned. At my weight class, there wasn't as much competition, so I bumped I bumped up a few times to wrestle people like Jeremy Rankin and whoever mm -hmm. else, and it was good. Like even losing was like losing. It, it didn't matter if I lost to him, right? Because yeah. This more confidence, bad. more confidence. Yeah, exactly. I could beat up another yeah. guy or wrestle a better kid. And yeah. then, um, oh my God, this is so good. So I told you I had like this this girlfriend in high school and she was great and she's nice and she's still lovely and great. And um, high school district finals, <laughs> we were at our high school for point and we're hosting. It's like, oh, this is what a cool way to go out, go out, you know? So my grandparents came into town. Her grandparents came into town, her parents, my parents, all of my brothers and my grand, you know, oh, even my other grandmother who lived in Florida at the time was up there. I think every person that I knew or was significant in my life was coming to celebrate the completion of this sort of this milestone of my career. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> I think we all know where this is going. Wow. So we were wrestling and... Before he went to Colonial Forge, Bill Swink, who's this, you know, mm. I think you guys both know and maybe listeners do as well, is like a very, very well-established coach. I think he's not, he's not coaching anymore. He does more uh, leadership type of um, type of stuff. Always a really nice guy. He started off at a school called North Stafford for a few years. And he had been coaching at North Stafford, and they got really good. So in the finals, I'm wrestling this kid. He's like – I'm like 5'7 at the time, 145 pounds. And the guy I'm wrestling against – no joke, 6'2". And he's dyed his hair the school colors, which are like Carolina blue. So his wow. hair is like – he looks like thing one, thing two. He's got this like spiky, like flowing bluish hair. And I go out there, and for some reason my legs are just broken. I don't know. Couldn't move. Know if it was like performance anxiety because all these people were there, the lights yeah. are dimmed. It's a single, single light above my head. Yeah, and I lose like seven to two or something. Like that. I'm like devastated. I run outside into the cold and I'm crying. And my coach comes out and he's like, "I don't know, man. I, you know, this is like very like you know Southern Virginia at the time. I was like, I, I think you just need to eat like." Maybe have a hamburger, just like chill out, <laughs> out, you know? And I was like, okay, all right, yeah, maybe. But I was devastated. Like, I, I thought that, like, I wasn't going to – I really thought in my head that I wasn't going to be able to wrestle in college. I thought that everybody was embarrassed. I thought I let everybody in my life down. I thought that the things that I accomplished the year before were just a joke and I'm not that good. I mean, I was, like, bottom of the – I was so depressed. We were building an addition on our house at the time, my dad. And my dad was a GC at the time, or he was coming out of the Marine Corps, did a lot of general contracting and stuff. But so we, we were building our own. My dad built my house, so we were also building the the thing. I woke up in the morning, 
I went to the bathroom. It's like six in the morning because we had to like go work and you know, we were laying joists that day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, floor joists. I open the door, I go into the bathroom, and on the on the mirror, my brothers had cut out the front page of the sports page. This is already six in the morning, and it says Foley loses, and it has me like you know crying with this like six foot two guy with blue hair in the background. Wow, wow. My family mocked me mercilessly. Oh my oh, god. I mean, so they mocked me. So I have four brothers. What do you expect them to do? They're not going to be oh, like, man. "Oh, so sorry, you don't feel." I'm so sorry. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, let's talk about That's your what brothers. Before man, to give you yeah. a hard time. And immediately, <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, fuck. now if I lose, I will never live it down." So I got him. I wrestled him the next week in the the regional finals, and beat him. Wow. Redeem myself, whatever for whatever was worth. I was like five hours away from Stafford. Nobody got to see that, but all my friends yeah. in high school got to see me lose, of course. And then in the state finals, of course, I lost to um, I lost to uh, uh, to Gallagher, uh, Matt Gallagher, in like thirty seven seconds. Oh, I know it's thirty seven seconds because what years? That was nineteen ninety nine. This is two thousand and twenty one. My brothers have been using the thirty seven second joke for twenty three years. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Just yesterday, oh, I got a text message from one of my brothers, like. It was a photo of a car and somebody had like emblazoned the number 37 on it. It was like, hey, two, look at this. Hey, it's once a week, <laughs> a week, I get somebody saying some reference to me getting pinned in the state finals. So is is you know, oh, it's great you made it to the state finals, but to them it's all about like taking you down a level and keeping you modest and keeping you like you're not that great, bud. You know, we're very proud of you, but we're gonna make fun of you. So yeah. that was the rest of my <laughs> So let me let me ask you a question. Had you wrestled this um the guy in finals before during regular season, or was that the first time you ever seen him? That was the first time we'd ever wrestled. And somebody had told me he did this. It was like a three-quarter, like it was like a three-quarter Nelson from the front. Like you got in on a leg, he would kind of overhook, push your head, and uh kind of hip whip toe. you over. Yeah, hip toss, yeah. It was like kind so, of like a, I could like hip you over. It was really strange move. I'm not so sure it's legal. I don't know. Not yeah, you've probably never seen it. If you've never seen it, then it's kind of hard to defend something that's you know unfamiliar. If you never felt it, right? Just ended up in a really strange position. Yeah, but Gallagher was. Yeah, he, he did a Gallagher did a lot of things that were very unusual, and you know he he really was known for that. And you know his dad, I think, was an Olympic alternate in Greco, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. He was either an Olympic alternate in Greco or in freestyle, and and he really did, you know, kind of pride himself. I know on doing things very differently. Yeah, moves. He was a he was a. You had him on the podcast. He, he was a um, rollerblader. Did like X Games True. rollerblading. Yeah, yeah, that's extreme. That's yeah. extreme stuff. The guys that takes take risk. Yeah. So, risk. What, so how do you feel? Do you feel that maybe if that match had gone on for the entire duration, you would have done better, or you think you would have gotten you in something else unorthodox? Because I, I mean, something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truthfully, like I don't think I could match up with him at that point. But as these things happen, he took a year off to do the X Games. And then we, uh, I was at Virginia. And then the coach asked me to host him on his recruiting trip. So he was recruiting him for the same weight class I was in, knowing he had, he had beat me in the state finals and was making me host him. And I was like, read the room, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> read the room. Not a great idea. That worked out. It was actually a fun trip. He, 
I think he ended up like staying out late and, late and partying or whatever. But um, when he, he actually ended up coming to school there. And then we wrestled, I think, three times. I beat him three times. And then, yeah, that was fine. I mean, wow. he was always a really nice guy, a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So what was that a was that a big motivating factor though? I mean, going getting some revenge on on you know your state finals match or, or were you I know that the first time we wrestled, I it was in the back of my mind, but not you know, at that point it was you know, you're in progression and I knew that there was things that he just probably wouldn't stop. And to be fair, I think also he wasn't super committed at the time. Like he just wanted to do other things. Like college is a really awesome time for everyone. And I think that for him, it just was like, oh, wrestling and taking its course. So, you know, I don't think I got anywhere close to what would have been the best of him if he had been more focused. And, but um, yeah, I remember being nervous pretty much until the first takedown. You know how that happens? I know, you know, both of you guys probably realize this, but like when you, you wrestle somebody, you'd be super nervous and then you put your hands on him and you're like, eh. I think I'm gonna be okay. And then you get the first takedown, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is only gonna go one way. I remember I remember that feeling. Um but yeah. Yeah. See, if you had me as a coach, you would have never had that feeling in the in the first minute because I trained, I trained like the first minute was the finals of a national championship. So every time when I went on the mat, I, I felt like I'm gonna get the first takedown, second takedown, second uh takedown, and a third just to put in this guy's mind that he doesn't have a chance right. to beat me and stuff. I, I, just think, I think you should be applauded. Uh, go yeah. ahead. What do you, uh, well, I was going to ask you, buddy, was that your idea or did you, did you have a coach who told you to think about that? Um, no, I, you know, as I was saying in, 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 in my um, episode, um, you know, I was fighting to change my life. I was, I was fighting to get a scholarship to college. I knew I came from a home where I was, one kid of, of, of six and I was raised just by a mother. So I had to get to college and, and had to do it on a scholarship. So when I went on the mat, I saw the, the opponent as being in my way from getting a scholarship. So, <laughs> yeah. so I went after him just like that. And then basically how I trained and basically how I trained um, to do these extra things that helped me mentally to be tough. But, you know, just thinking about your, your mindset, Tim, I just think you've come a long ways because I mean, you have this mindset that can that a lot of kids can relate to. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to do the sport and I'm going to check it out, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be really good at it. And then along the way in this process, you started discovering, you know, what was a win for you, you know, and you didn't care about what your parents said or your brothers. I mean, the fact that you knew yourself and you was comfortable with yourself and 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 could lose and still persevere. I mean, that's why kids end up, you know, committing suicide because they have poor self images. Mm. So I think it's, you know, just as a high schooler to have this positive self image of yourself, even though you you thought that you was like overdoing it. I just thought it was healthy, <laughs> you know, that you, mm. you you put in your mind that, you know, I could I could go this far. But even if you strive to go that far, you still came a little shorter. But. In my eyes, that's called a champion because, I mean, you never know how great you're going to be unless you can put 100% behind it. And then when you did those extra things to go to those wrestling camps, to get that, that, that extra knowledge about wrestling, imagine if you did that all four years <laughs> where you would be. Right. And, um, you know, so, I, I mean, I, yeah. I like the, the mindset because, you know, you never know. I mean, everybody thinks a wrestler has the same mindset, but to hear your mindset is very, very interesting because I, I kind of see you as an academic 
guy. And, um, and I think maybe when you got to UVA, you were so focused on high school, you probably partied a little bit. And that's why you got a little behind. <laughs> so, I didn't high so when I got to college, I was like, I like this. But, you know, our, our team, and I appreciate you saying that. It's very kind. The, yeah. our, our team, like, was, you know, we didn't, we were pretty good. We were pretty, pretty dry from, like, October to March. It's mm -hmm. just, I think, those shoulder months that things got a little bit dicey. But, again, like, I think also, you know, we didn't have, like, a lot of accountability inside the team regarding grades. You know, I think even from a leadership perspective, I really love my college coach. But, you know, one thing I think I would, feedback I would have is, like, we needed more stringent oversight because I think we could have all done a little bit better. I think it would have helped our wrestling as well if we had all yeah. like, it said everybody needs to have a 3.5. I think people would have found a way to make it happen because yeah. their friends were making it happen and, and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I, um, I was fortunate to have a good support system. So, yeah. you know, I think there was a mixture, there was a melange of, of, uh, of inputs that I would get and yeah. I could choose the ones that I liked. So um, you were one of the few um, uh, Virginia Virginia boys to become an All American in college at a D one school. Um, what do you? So can you talk a little bit about that progression? You know, you've said how you know you did have a mentality shift at one point in college, but was that what? Let you know how 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 did you how did your journey go in terms of you know developing the skills necessary to uh, uh, to be an All American. Um, skill wise, I would, what would typically happen is I would find something that I liked watching someone wrestle and then I would just do it. Like I would just wear it out. You know what I mean? Like I'm not really a one trick pony, but I, you know, I think there's things I do well and there's things I didn't do well. And I probably needed to work on the things I didn't do well more in retrospect. But, you know, I think I learned, um, that a great equalizer for me was, I tended to be, not always, but I tended to be more athletic than people I was wrestling. So then if I could get them into a situation where they felt like in a scramble type of situation and get away from their strengths, which is just like like just being a hoss and like seeing who can do more single leg takedowns, I felt like I was in a much better position. Um, and then I remember I watched Jesse Jansen wrestle. My Pretty much the biggest change for me was watching Jesse wrestle mm -hmm. at – he was a freshman. I was a junior. I, I watched him wrestle at the uh, Las Vegas Invitational. And I remember watching him. I think we were the same weight class. He might have been just lighter. He might have been 49. But I watched him. I went to all his mats and watched him wrestle. And he was doing – a lot of people think it's like something we've always done, but it, it's not. But, like, Jesse really brought back that crab ride and was tilting people with, like, a, a wrist and half and kind of sitting in a crab and doing all those different um, – adaptations and, and so <laughs> yeah it was yeah exactly um and uh and putting in like a short leg and all that type of stuff and so once i saw that i was like oh well i can do that so then i would just ride people mercilessly and just stay on top of them for i was getting like five minutes of riding time and big scores and i think that naturally like when you that starts happening you feel more dominant you know in yourself so then i got a couple of a couple of like, you know, can't miss takedowns that were like low risk, you know, low risk takedowns as opposed to shooting like straight doubles with my head down or something. I was shooting shots that I felt could go well. And so um, stylistically, that's sort of what impacted me. And then uh, because the roll through tilt, roll through tilt, being good on top, some funk, you know, it was pretty standard at that point. I'd lose matches 
I would lose matches when people when I was well scouted. But um, same thing, you know, sophomore year or what ended up being my sophomore year did really well. Went to the nationals two and two, one conference, and then had a letdown my junior year. Ah, that's not really true. I thought it was my senior year because if you want a side quest real quick about how horrific college can be, I had been injured my first two years. Matt Gallagher injured me actually. Mm. Um, I got caught in a mat and he was going for like a trip in practice and it just basically shattered my ankle or whatever. Mm. And, and so I was done for the year and they had never, the coach had never applied for my red shirt. So then in, when I got, I had a disappointing fourth year in school, which is my senior year. I still, I should have had one more year of eligibility because I didn't wrestle my first year. It was basically my second year of wrestling. And um, so they went and applied for a red shirt and I didn't hear back. This is a process that should typically, knowing what I know now, should take like, you know, six to eight weeks. And it's like seven months later. And they were wow. like, oh, we haven't heard about your red shirt yet. And I'm not making this up. Somebody in the compliance office, there was only one person in the compliance office at the time who was supposed to file the paperwork, just never did it. Wow. And Oof. he came back one day and told the coaches, oh, he didn't get his red shirt. We'd already started my fifth season. They wow. told me I didn't get it. So I was in my fifth season. I'm like running stairs. I'm like super nervous all the time. This is like late September. Comes and tells the coaches I didn't get it. So they granted me a scholarship for my fifth year pending this with the outcome of this compliance, yes, right? yes, which, which in retrospect was cool because, you know, that that was generous, I guess, because they didn't know if it was going to happen. But then, and then he tells me we don't get it. My dad calls up the NCAA and was like, "Hey, can I just get a copy of the paperwork? Because I want to know why he didn't get it. Like, I'm looking at your rules. It makes sense why he didn't get it." And they send back and they're like, "Tim Foley, who are you talking about?" My dad was wow. like, yo, there's no, there's no case here. Wow. My dad called Craig Littlepage, who's like this legendary AD now. Like he's the most wow. amazing athletic director in the world. He's since retired, but, and my dad's like, I'm going to be there at like seven in the morning. <laughs> and my dad drove down and just like sitting outside of his office. So anyway, he gets everything straightened away. They file the paperwork and I still don't get it because in the year that I was applying for it, there was a snowstorm and it like shifted the calendar. And there's like some like, delicate language about when you're competing really? it really Never. got so now it's like mid-october i'm being told season has just about to start i'm being told that i didn't get my red shirt so like i don't have any competition so we filed a lawsuit against the ncaa heck yeah to wow. to to say that like why am i getting my red shirt denied because there was a snowstorm in 2001 yeah. against lehigh like, shouldn't an act of God be something that <laughs> That's right. shouldn't preclude me from competing? And uh, before it went into, before, you know, got adjudicated or whatever, it ended up being, um, they came back and agreed, and they since changed the rules. So that's not part of the rule anymore. It's scheduled competitions. Not I see. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't want to go to court. So they were like, okay. Well, there was a student in mind, right? And they were saying, like, all right, then this is what happened. And then the compliance guy got fired and so on, so forth, whatever. My mental health probably has been better. Um, <laughs> but that, that was the start of my year. And then I went out and I competed. And the first thing I did was like tear my knee and have to take like a month off. So oh, my man. senior year, when it came down to it, it was like, it was a mess, you know, like just didn't, never was really healthy. And then 
when I did get to the end of the year, I, that, that's when things started turning, not end of the year, but like in second half of the season, I, I hit my groove and I saw that like I had improved a lot. And I also should mention, I think buddy, you know, but Joe C was our coach. Joe C. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Joe C. Yeah. Uh, who recently passed away and he came into the, the program. And so he was there my fifth year. So he was helping me through a lot of this stuff. You know, he's, he's a good motivator. Like he knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? And showing me some different moves. And I remember, I think I pinned four people in four years. I pinned 14 my senior year wow. based wow. on the stuff that he was showing me. Yeah. He was very, very effective coach. And, um, I owe, I owe a lot of my success my senior year to his, uh, to his influence. Wow. I think, yeah, I think you just really just starting. I mean, you know, people don't reach the potential in, in college is what they do after college. And I think you're mm -hmm. probably one of those guys that needed to continue on the mat. Did you, did oh, you, yeah, pursue the wrestling career? I'm 40. You think it's time for me to go for it? <laughs> <laughs> Never too old, man. What's uh, Tom Brady proved that, you know, what is he? 43? What was it? 43? Age is just a number. It is. It is. But yeah. if you've seen David Taylor, big boy. <laughs> so how's your body now? How's your body, you know, and, uh, you know, since yeah. your post-wrestling days, you know, how's your body? So I didn't do any much. I, I did. I stayed in wrestling on the mats for a few years. I think I tried to do, like, a sun-kissed kid. I was, like, doing, like, um, was that the Schultz, you know? Did, like, one mm -hmm. or two of those. But, eh, I just – I didn't know enough freestyle. I mean – I double legged Donnie Pritzloff once at the NYC for for three, which now would be four points. Uh, that was part of probably the highlight of my career. I mean, I beat some like Canadians or something, but it was like one year, and then I just got into college coaching. Um, so I, I and then I stayed off the mats. That was two thousand and eight, and then I started doing jujitsu in two thousand and eleven, and I did off and on for the first two or three years, and then previous pre-COVID I was on the mats you know very consistently for for three years no big injuries mostly just like little stuff you know like you tweak you yeah. tweak your neck your shoulder your knee that kind of thing but yeah I'm gonna ask a question do you feel that you know with these things happening in your career do you feel like you never reached your potential do you have in the back of your mind I wish I should have could have would have do you have any regrets I don't have any, re I don't have like any firm regrets, but I definitely believe I didn't reach my potential. But that's only because I can look back now and say, well, if you had gone and learned freestyle in high school and gone to camps and spent your spring mm -hmm. lawns and I was like, I would had a lawn care business or whatever. But like, instead of doing that, if I had focused on wrestling, maybe I would have gone, you know, to a little bit better, whatever. And then I also think to myself, well, if I had known when I started college coaching and recruiting kids, if I'd known the process to which you get into school through wrestling, I would have been able to go back and be like, all right, we'll focus on this grades or focus on making relationship connections with these coaches who are at these Ivy league schools or whatever. So I think yeah. you have those regrets. Like if you could rewind things, yeah. but I think like all of us, you get to a point where you're like, I like where I'm at and I don't know all the reasons that I'm here, but I know that I like this place. So I don't really regret any of the other stuff. So, so what are you up to at the moment? I am the director of media operations for United World Wrestling, the International Federation for the Sport of Wrestling. Very cool. So, oh, great. 
I went to journalism school at Columbia University and then worked independently as a journalist from 2012, well, 2008 to 2012, 2009, 2012, 13. Mm -hmm. And then in 2013, I, um, in 2013, when wrestling got kicked out of the Olympics, I volunteered my time initially to, um, to helping them improve uh, their media operations, basically. Like, um, you know, th there was nobody covering the events. If there was the African championships, nobody was there. If there was the Asian championships, we had no photos, no stories, no videos, no streaming, no social media. Yeah. 5,000 fans on Facebook, no Twitter. Obviously, I don't think Instagram was around yet, but there was nothing in place. So in 2013, I, left my girlfriend in the middle of the night and <laughs> hopped on a plane <laughs> and flew to India uh, to go. It wasn't the middle of the night. It was like five in the morning um, mm -hmm. and flew to India and uh, showed up. And then the president now, Nana Lalovich, was just, just been named president of the organization. And I was like, introduced myself and I was like, hey, I'm here to, to do this stuff. And for whatever reason, he believed in what I was trying to achieve and supported it. And I flew from India, weirdly had a layover in Thailand, but then went to Chad, Africa for like wow. the African championships. And then it was off to the races. And I spent the next 18 months on the road, 300. And, I think I spent 350 of 365 days in 2013, wow. something like that wow. on the road. Amazing. Wow. And then, <laughs> yeah, we have, we have a great, we have a great staff of uh, probably like eight people. And we cover events all over, not including freelancers. And then we cover 35 to 40 events a year pre-COVID and uh, create documentaries. Um, all of our social media packaging, we have, you know, almost 2 million followers on social media. We have, we're ranked uh, amongst the international federations. We're ranked very well in all categories with, with our organic reach and all the things that sort of truly matter. And that's, that's going up against like basketball, soccer, rugby weirdly wow. table tennis um hmm. so yeah that's what i'm up to so I, I spent a lot of time um managing that so that's why you went through all that stuff in wrestling just to get to where you are today <laughs> and using so all real. that experience national wrestling later in life right yeah 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 and, uh, you know that's that's really amazing man congratulations you know that's great and that's uh two million followers um so that that What's what's are you covering all the wrestling that's going on throughout the world? You guys, yes, we're the, we're, we're the association for Olympic wrestling, right? So, we you know, I was at the 2016 Olympics. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, when, when there's a rule change, it's coming from us. Uh, when it comes to integration with the Olympics, it's us. Um, wow, licensing for all freestyle, Greco, women's wrestling, um, also different associated styles like beach wrestling and um those types of things. So we spend a lot of time, money and, and resources. And, and the goal of the organization is to increase the, the growth and development of the sport. And, you know, we're doing that. I think we have a development department that's incredibly active and they go to places all over the world, you know, to set up camps and to set up training wow. camps and to set up, um, uh, you know, full-time operations to ensure that we can, you know, get more people involved in the sport of wrestling. And that also takes on like, for example, like the biggest thing we've been working on over the last 
several years and it's going to continue for the next four or five years is the creation of more opportunities for women to have leadership roles, whether, you know, in, in their silos that also can bleed into the organization at large. So we'll see more females um, being educated and given the opportunity to succeed as referees. And then they become, you know, part of the referee commission and then they become oh, part. That'd be great. You know, that's one of the things we're really working on yeah. um, and having, you know, a larger involvement of the, I almost said student athletes, of the athletes um, in different outcomes. So now they have a seat on the executive board or the bureau. Um, yeah, so that's that's a, that's the mission of the organization is to create more opportunities, you know, through the sport. Nice. That's fantastic. Good job. Well done. Yeah, so check it out. United World Wrestling, man. Got a good we we will be. Yeah, we will be. Yeah, I've seen it. United uh, Wrestling. Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll link to it. Good. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll share it. So I think, yes, yeah, great. It sounds like great work that you're doing. Um, you know, we look forward to, to following more of it. I appreciate that. We have a, great, a lot of guys who put a lot of time and effort into it and really, really good team. So, yeah. Tim, you, I, um, I want to ask you to give a message to the young wrestlers out there um, striving for their, their greatness. Um, let's see. Don't answer it. Uh, what kind of message? Sorry. <laughs> what kind of message would you give to the wrestlers out there? trying to be their best and, uh, and then making a transition from the, the mat into the, into real life, whatever, yeah, whatever comes to your mind. Yeah. I mean, I think overall the most powerful thing I, I've taken away and I think something that's really helped me, I'm not always this way, um, but optimism, like at the end of the day, if you're optimistic about what you can become, you surround yourself with better people. You know, if you're optimistic, you're going to surround yourself with optimistic people. You're not going to be around a bunch of naysayers. You're going to be around people who can, who are going to build you up naturally. Like, yeah, you can do this. Of course you can do this because they're optimistic about the way you look at life. And I think that, you know, that doesn't mean I don't sometimes like when I'm stressed and I'm like, I'm not a little mean or angry about things. I, I know that I can improve in those ways, but you know, I think from a, a young age, I think if I look back, that's the one thing that kind of threads it all through. I think I described it earlier as self-delusion, but optimism is a form of that, I guess, where you're just yeah. thinking what's the best outcome and how can I get there? And yeah. don't be afraid to like physically suffer, you know, like I don't, uh, you know, it's not, it's something that I like to do sometimes like get on a bike and just make myself just hurt. I think that's also a good thing, but it's not what wrestling should be about. You know, I think wrestling is such a beautiful sport and if you're involved in it, then staying optimistic and finding things that you enjoy about the sport. Don't let other people tell you that you need to have a, for lack of a better term, like an Iowa mindset. You can have the mindset that works for you. You can have a Kale Sanderson type of fun aspect, or you can have whatever mindset you feel, just stay optimistic and stay positive about your journey. And then, you know, good things tend to happen to good people. Yeah, it's interesting you should say that because, uh, you know, I was listening to, to Ben Askren the other day and, you know, he, he says how he thinks that the Iowa mindset has kind of held the sport back for, you know, for a while, you know, because it's it, it was so focused and is so focused in many ways on just grinding it out, going through that pain and really kind of taking that to an extreme level. And it and it and it made people focus less on being innovative and thinking about the technique and, um, you know, and I think a lot of people never really thought about that. I mean, I think he, I think there's a lot to that. 
I agree. I think there's a lot to it. The only caveat I would make is we would be definitely selling Tom brands short if we mm -hmm. didn't notice the fact that he has looked around and said, what are some ways that I can improve? And, and Tom is, is very smart, a very, very smart person. And he is funny and he gets it. You know, he has since like the IO mindset, I think is mostly attached to like the Gable and to Zaleski years and even probably early brands. But as you've seen, like their success this year or the way that they're positioned has a lot mm -hmm. to do with the kind of culture that he's creating yeah. and making it, I think he's adapting to the times and yeah. he, look, they're not doing cartwheels or something in that, in that practice. Mm -hmm. They're not having like the most joyous time. They work hard, but I think that he's sure. created a positive feedback loop for them knowing that they, if he didn't, there's other places for them to get that online or they could pick up the phone and talk to their buddy from high school. It's like, Oh, you don't need to take that. You can just, you know, whatever he's created a positive feedback loop in his, in his, um, his program, which is obviously being very beneficial. So everything Ben said is true. I think I agree with myself as well about Iowa mindset, but I also think it's almost becoming an antiquated term. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, I think that, um, you know, wrestling has changed and it, you know, I, I don't, I, I think it, it would be silly to say that Iowa hasn't changed or hasn't evolved and, and all that. And so I, I'm not, I, I don't know exactly how the evolution has worked, but you look at the teams now, I mean, they're, I mean, Iowa's amazing and, and you, you wouldn't say that they are, you know, not keeping up. That's for sure. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's been, and I think it's good for the sport as well. You know, Penn state's been so dominant over the I last agree. several years. It's nice to see a little bit of, especially from then, I think if it was like, if Cornell was the number one team right now, it would all it would be nice. It would be cool to see the change in the guard. But it is there's something about the Hatfields and McCoy, like that kind of tension, like the Kale Tom tension, which is really nice to I don't know, as a fan of, of wrestling and story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you again. This has been this has been awesome to have you on. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything we didn't uh, we didn't bring up that that you want uh, want folks to know about? Um, support your programs. Yeah, that kind of basic. Right. You guys know that stuff. If you have the opportunity to give a little bit of time, money, or energy to your programs, do it. We can't take for granted that we're always going to have our favorite wrestling programs around. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? I mean, not to, to expand on that too much, but I mean, with COVID, you know, a lot of, you know, college programs are under tons of pressure. I, I mean, I think there are three that maybe are, are disappearing. I know Stanford is dropping. Really? Has, yeah. Stanford, I, I, they're trying to save it, but I think yeah. uh, it, it, I, you know, was announced that they were going to cut it. Now it's, there were a bunch of other sports that Stanford mm -hmm. was also potentially going to cut. So it wasn't wow. singling it out, but ODU also. Um, yeah. My school, did you know, about, yeah. um, and then I think there was a third, which I'm, I'm it's not Fresno. Fresno. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so all sports, I mean, wrestling at all levels really needs support and uh, yeah, we save it. Yeah, yeah. That college level, you know, absolutely. Well, yeah, Tim, let's, get, let's get ready for the Olympics, guys. It's going to be a fun one. That's yeah. right. Well, on behalf of back points and buddy lead jump ropes, we want to make sure you continue to skip in the right direction. So we're going to make sure you get one of my latest design buddy lead high performance jump ropes. Hey, my office is just big enough for a jump rope. I'm ready. 
Let's do it. <laughs> get the whole yeah. federation um, jumping in the right direction. So yeah, I, yeah, I just, it's funny you should say that, Tim. I just mm-hmm. found out that I can jump rope too in my office, which is nice. I didn't really. I thought I, I didn't, Yeah, I didn't think I could do it in the office. So yeah. I, yeah, it's been nice. very popular in these COVID times, but you know, like you say, I mean, it's the most efficient exercise on the planet. 10 minutes of it is the same as 30 minutes of jogging. I don't know really the conversions for wrestling, but 10 minutes of jumping at a wrestler's pace, uh, you know, maybe five minutes of wrestling. Yeah. 10 minutes of jumping. <laughs> we'll see. Thanks yeah. for coming on, man. And come back. to again. Yes. Congratulations on the, on yeah. the, on the podcast and keep up, keep up the good work. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Backpoints today. If you want to support the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you find the show. Also, it helps us if you give the show a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Feel free to also make a donation via Patreon at patreon.com slash backpoints. Thanks and see you next episode.